Welcome to the Well-Bred Rapids Message of the Week. We hope you are encouraged, strengthened, and experience the presence of God through this message by Max Johnson. Morning. Who's got uh, bunions on your feet? Is that your left foot or both feet? Yeah. It's time for them to go. Nobody wants to pray for them. I'll pray for you guys. Uh, yeah, it's time to go. Today's your day, friends. I see someone standing. No one's praying for her except for her wonderful husband. Act like Christians. Pray for the sick. Test it out. Smash your foot around. Step on it. Pain's gone. Oh my goodness. I love Jesus. I'm trying really hard to stay here with you guys. I was wrecked in worship. And I don't know why. I don't have like a... Usually I can explain it. Like, he said this to me. And right now I don't know why I feel it. I'm I'm shaking because I feel like there's such a holy thing here right now. And uh, I'm a little nervous to touch it. I heard the Lord say to me, what's it going to take for us to believe we're in revival? We've seen blind eyes open. Cripples walk. Cancer healed. This morning I said to a friend, I said, good morning, I'm so glad you came. And he said, I'm glad I came too. I want to give my life to God. There he is. You don't even have to invite him up. Hi. Jesus is king? Yes. He died and was raised again for you? Yes. You want to give him your life and all that good stuff? Awesome. Well, friend, you're born again. You're a son of God. (laughs) 
So, Father, thank you for him. Thank you for Paul. Thank you for saving us. And, Lord, I ask that in your time you would fill him with fire. <laughs> Amen. You can have a seat, buddy. <laughs> we'll baptize you at some point. And uh, what's it going to take for us to believe we're in revival? It's not rhetorical. I'm, it's, I feel like it's an, a question for the house. I feel like a lot of us are waiting for something to happen. Waiting for that moment when lightning falls. Waiting for that moment. <laughs> Amen. I heard him say, um, you know, we saw like dead baby come back to life last year. You guys remember that? <laughs> like, what else is there? The dead are raised. The sick are healed. I've never met a leper yet. That's like the last one. <laughs> This is what we do. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, I was reading my journal. Never mind. As I wrote down a while ago, it said, it's it would be illegal for us to let someone who was in sin on Monday preach on Sunday. And the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy. And then I said it should be illegal for somebody to be depressed and boring on Monday and preach on Sunday. <laughs> and I wrote it when I was really depressed and boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I heard the Lord say some of us have lost fire because we stopped sacrificing <laughs> you're asking for the take me back to the good old days when I was alive, you know, before you died in religion? Yes, thank you. Somebody's agreeing with me. The rest of you are faking it. <laughs> You're supposed to go from blessing to sacrifice to blessing to sacrifice to blessing to sacrifice. It's the life of the believer. And he'll actually never stop increasing you as long as you keep lighting it on fire. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on up here. But I like it. <clears throat> I also heard the Lord say some of us are judging what he's doing by an old wineskin. 
and it's why you can't call this revival. <laughs> half the room is offended, half is really happy right now. <laughs> this is what I was born for. <laughs> <laughs> you can keep your religion. I want Jesus. And he'll offend you to set you free. <clears throat> We're supposed to be living lives that are impossible. It's weird. Matthew, Pastor Matthew preached last week on the gifts and he was talking about how we're supposed to, like the gifts don't stop, the gifts always continue. And I was reading this week that <laughs> Jesus said to teach them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And a whole bunch of the church doesn't believe that. Like teach, be a good person. But we don't teach, raise the dead. Raise the dead is what Jesus commanded you to do. I'm preaching to me too. I've touched three or four dead bodies in my life and none of them have gotten up yet. <laughs> but why is it okay to teach forgive your offender but it's weird when you start teaching raise the dead? Why do you think it's possible to forgive your offender but it's impossible for you to raise the dead? Is it, is it possible that we like to grab the parts of the gospel that we think we can do in our own strength? It was something while Matthew was talking, I was listening about, are, are we operating in self-will or in the power of God? Because they're different. Self-will will make people think you're something special. And the power of God will make people look at your life and go, there's no way he can do that. <laughs> that guy's too dumb too uneducated, too undisciplined, a little too flaky. And that's what God's doing. It's starting, it's here, it's revival. You're supposed to be living a life that you could never do. <clears throat> what am I supposed to talk about? I, uh, I'm not anti anything. I'm just very for Jesus. And sometimes it comes across like I'm very anti something. But I kind of have this thing right now burning in me where I'm so tired of being a good person, being the definition of being a Christian. You're supposed to do impossible things. I'm gonna keep saying it until we grab it. And it might not be today, it might be in a month, but 
You're supposed to be living an impossible life. And people are trying to become good people, the best version of us instead of the impossible version of Jesus. It is impossible. You cannot do it. This is my hope-filled, faith-filled message. (laughs) You can't figure this thing out. You can't try hard enough. You can't pray long enough. You can't be perfect enough. But if you will take a step and make an opportunity in your life for Jesus to do something you could never do, he will back you up. But you've got to step out. You're a believer. That's, that's what we're called. And a lot of us think that we need to be more prepared, more qualified, have better integrity or character. And I believe that, for one. I I like integrity. I surround myself with people that have it. And if you don't, I try to keep you a little over there. (laughs) On on purpose. (laughs) But, uh, It's the anointing that teaches us. It's the anointing. It's you don't actually become integrous without seeing the power of God. You're never going to be fully manifested, fully matured, fully realized until you start doing things. Do you understand? I'm talking about gifts and healing and whatever it is. I don't really care what it is. You're supposed to be doing something you can't do. And the spirit of God actually chooses how he manifests through each one of us. I believe that healing is available for every disease. I believe that every Christian born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, is qualified to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Because Jesus told his men to do it, and he told his boys to teach their followers how to do it, and their followers taught their people, and it's supposed to have been going from generation to generation, that y'all can heal the sick. But I want to, I would love to see the spirit of God uncapped in everyone's life this morning because you have been given a gift and an anointing and it's something that you can't do it's only something that you and him can do together and I don't know what it is I know what I'm called to I know what I burn for And honestly sometimes that burning is a passion it is a felt conviction of my soul and I would, I would be honest with you guys and say for the last two or three years, it's been less and less of that and more of more of hearing that still quiet voice. That, that she prophesied it. You, you read the words. It's the still quiet voice. And what was the other thing? I don't remember the other word. It spoke to me, though, of, you know, I, th- I think we put God in a box and we say that this is what it looks like when he comes. This is what it looks like when he speaks to me. This is what the anointing, this is what it's like when I'm anointed. The same things will happen when you don't feel it. You don't have to feel it. But you do have to live by his voice. It says man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth. And I've been in a season where I'm learning to trust his voice more and more. He's, he's telling me things that I don't, I can't believe in my own strength. I have to lean into his faithfulness. I have to lean into my testimony, my history, and remember that everything he said to me has been true. And even though what he's saying right now sounds way bigger, way more difficult for me to latch onto with my eyes and my understanding and my faith, 
when I do it, I'm seeing fruit. God, we want you. Jesus, we love you. I'm thankful for a a group of people, God, that have that heart that say, it's just you, Jesus. You really are enough. And Lord, I ask for the eyes of our understanding to be enlightened, for revelation to increase in our community, in this body, that we could live in the glory. Lord, that what you deposit in us on Sunday would be a, um, a catalyst, something that we take home in the car, that we take to work, that your river of life, you know that thing about seasons that Melanie talked about, heaven is a river Heaven has a river that flows from the throne. And on each side of the river are trees, and these trees have leaves, and the leaves are for the healing of the nations. Now, I don't know what you believe, but if that's for eternity, there's no nations that need healing. That, that river, I believe, is for today. It's for those of us in the room that have learned how to ascend and descend, how to, how to actually experience heavenly places. You can live there. You know, I'm telling you what the Bible says. The Bible says you're seated there in heavenly places in Christ. You are actually right now seated there. Do you understand it doesn't matter if you feel it? Who told you you were supposed to? And so we ascend, we experience what's this inheritance, this reality that I am seated in Christ right next to my dad. And everything that happens in heaven, everything provided for in heaven is mine for the taking. I am the older brother who's not jealous of the younger brother who understands that goat's been for me the whole time. And so I sit there, I sit with the Father, we sit there with God and we experience heavenly realities and we bring these leaves back with us. Those trees, they actually bore fruit 12 months out of the year. And a lot of us go from season to season because we haven't learned to experience heaven yet. Where there isn't a season. (laughs) It's not supposed to be high and low. I'm not saying you want to have problems. I had a really rough week this week. I had stuff happen in my personal life that is awful. And I can live there and I can dwell on it and I can meditate on it or I can sit in heaven. And I'm not being mystical and weird. I'm talking about sitting on my couch holding my kids. I had it this week. I went to the park and uh, we we went to the park and I'm sitting on the swing and my kids want me to underdog them for like 50 hours straight. And I'm sitting on the swing and Hadley lays on my chest and she leans back and she goes, Daddy, it's like, and I got worship music playing in my pocket. And she says, Daddy, it's like we're on a date. 
because it's just you and me. And I've got tears pouring down my face. I love my daughter. I, I'm, I would kill and die and do everything I needed to do for her. But I don't have tears in my eyes because of my daughter. I've got tears running down my face as I am experiencing the goodness of God. The reality that I did not build this. This is not a life that I made. This is not something I did. This is something that he gave me. And so I sat in heavenly places in the park and just wept for 15 or 20 minutes. Then I got up and I tried to walk drunk. I could barely walk across the playground. And I went and laid down on a slide. Because <laughs> I didn't know what else to do. <clears throat> and the sun's hitting me and I'm like, God, you're amazing. A couple days, I think it was after the hard day. I don't remember. My day, I don't really pay attention because I don't live in seasons. <laughs> I'm learning not to. Is this helping you? I feel like the Lord wants us to live in revival. There you would come to corporate meetings on fire, whether you feel it or not. That you would make decisions at home throughout your week because you're a burning one. That you would have the grace and the ability throughout the week to see what God is doing and not be distracted by what he isn't doing. I could take you down a very dark hole in 15 or 20 seconds right now just talking about my life. And I'm not special. Like, I get that. You got stuff. Y'all got stuff. We all do. Welcome. But I believe that something is going to happen in, in this. I believe in corporate gathering and I believe in individual anointing and I believe that there's something significant that happens. When we come together, we are like chili that stirs. Some of you are tomatoes and onions and hamburger and broth and we, we mix together and we all taste better when we're together. I am challenged by some of your lives. You know, it says like iron sharpens iron, so the countenance of a friend sharpens a friend. And we're called to, to grind on each other, to actually remove broken places. And I, I wrote this in my journal. I said, what if all of our church hopping is actually our, in, our unwillingness to let people see us stay stagnant? What if we bounce from place to place because we don't want people to see us stay in the place we've chosen? Now, you all are here, so I'm not talking to you. But I've felt that thing that I just need to leave. I haven't felt it recently, but I have felt it. I should just go. It would be easier. No, it won't. You're going to bring your mess with you. And that thing that's inhibiting you, that thing that's limiting the glory from leaking off of your life is actually never going to get dealt with because we as a community are the ones that deal with one another. It's not just God.
Um, how many of you feel unworthy? Okay. God's going to deal with it. If you want to, I don't know if we, I don't know if we do worship team or I don't actually think that we need to, but if you want to stand up, I'm going to talk at you and then I'm, I think I'm almost out of stuff. Listen, believing that you're a sinner that's clothed with Jesus is like believing that a wolf in sheep's clothing will be welcomed into heaven. Is what I heard this morning. A mindset that you are unworthy, that you are somehow dirty, but also somehow Jesus fixes that and makes me not what I really am is like you saying that you are going to cover yourself with Christ like a wolf in sheep's clothing and get your way in the door. What's that That horse, the Trojan horse? It's like that. Now, I don't actually think that's true. Otherwise, I wouldn't ask you to stand because my goal is not to shame you. <laughs> my goal is to tell you that's not who you are. You're not a wolf in sheep's clothing. See, the gospel doesn't cover you. The gospel changes you. The gospel doesn't clothe you. It doesn't hide your brokenness. It transforms your brokenness. And you actually go from a sinner to a saint. And there is nothing that's going to happen in your life except for you saying, I believe. There, you don't need another encounter. You don't need some prophet to come from out of town and tell you, you're a son of God. You're anointed. I would actually propose if that happened, it would hurt you. Because what actually needs to happen is the gift of faith that God gave you. It says that each one of us has been given a measure of faith and you are personally responsible to take your faith and use it. Now, I want to show you, you can sit down. Thanks for standing. How, part of how I've done this is one, it came from somebody like me telling me you're not dog meat. <laughs> because I'd never heard it. I went to church a lot and heard people tell me you're just not good enough. They would never say that, but they would make you feel that way. Well, you didn't get healed because you didn't pray enough. I read my Bible 12 hours a day and I fasted nine days this week. What did you do? <laughs> so some dude told me I'm not bad. And I went, that doesn't sound true. And then I read my Bible and I'm like, oh my goodness. You ever, you remember that part where all the apostles said we're not worthy and we're not good enough and we're broken? You remember? No, you don't. <laughs> There's something about them hanging out with Jesus. They didn't live that way. They actually thought they were something. They liked themselves. And so some dude told me that, offended me right out of it. And I couldn't shake it. And then I went home and I felt the Lord start to tell me, start saying that you're righteous. 
and this is a key that has been unlocking doors like crazy this year, is I have started to, on purpose, say stuff with my mouth that I would tell you I probably don't really believe because it doesn't feel true. And I'm not faking it till I make it. I'm partnering my life with what heaven says. And I am watching a flow of the river of God that I only dreamed of. And I hope it helps you. Because another thus saith the Lord thing isn't what we need. We're in revival. Okay. Lord, thank you for your anointing. Thank you for the blanket of your spirit that's in this place. That weighty glory. God, I thank you for the people that are here. I thank you for Rachel. God, I thank you for a gift that you've added to my life. Rachel, I'm jealous in moments that you lead us into. I think I want to get my kids. I want my kids to be in here because I understand that these moments aren't everywhere. And uh, I mean, I don't want to be weird, but like, what if you died someday? <laughs> I'm, I am jealous for the gift on your life. Not that I want it for me. Like, I am so thankful that God brought my family to you. And I don't know if this is making you feel weird. I, and I hope you don't hear this from me. I feel like this is from the Father. You are such a gift in the earth. And I see you just unloading these pockets. It's like you, you I see you with like, a, like a, those blowing bubbles where you blow these bubbles out and they just, they create this environment where people encounter God. And it's like, what else, do you, what else would you want to do with your life? <laughs> and uh, just the purity that you carry, the intentionality, the way that you value people in a way that most of you in the room don't know. I know I don't know. I find, I find out these little secrets about you here and there. I'm like, Rachel did, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh my God, she's amazing. supposed to be still praying <laughs> so thank you God I just thank you for each individual and Lord I thank you for this house of revival I just um, God we receive that this is a house of revival we as a community say yes this is not going to be it's not going to start someday. This is a house of revival. This is a move of God. And Lord, I ask that you would release an understanding, a wisdom to celebrate seed to everyone that's hearing this, everyone in the room, everyone online, that there would be such a celebration over seed that we would actually start the things that you've given each of us to carry. 
I release gifts and anointings, supernatural grace in the spirit of God over everyone listening to this, that you would actually feel a highlight in your mind's eye to understand how you individually partner with the Holy Spirit, that you would see miracles this week. Lord, I thank you that it's not bound by the nine gifts listed, that you are operating in unprecedented ways, that you're operating in ways that we've never heard. You want to do things we've never seen. God, thank you for this new wineskin of covenant that multiplies throughout the generations. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Wow. Um, I hear the Lord saying that some of you have tried, you've stepped out, and it didn't work. You're hearing me pray this stuff, and you're saying, yeah, I tried that, and I didn't see it. Would you stand up, and then I'm done? I don't, I, I'm not sure who's supposed to close this, but... And I mean this with um, gentleness, but who told you to stop? (laughs) I was in the middle of a uh, trying to buy the business, and I got super overwhelmed, just depressed, and nothing worked, and door after door closed. And I sat right here, and I said, God, I think I'm done. But I I really want what you want, but I think I'm done. And he said, what's the last thing I told you? And I said, I feel like you told me to try to buy this business. And he said, then why are we having this conversation? (laughs) Why did you stop? Nobody in breakthrough, nobody living in miracles got there because they tried really hard once and then it happened forever. Most of them that you know, actually Heidi Baker, Todd Bentley, me. (laughs) Amen. You just pray for a bunch of sick people and don't see anything happen for a little while. Todd White prayed for 100 people or so. Maybe it was 1,000 before he ever saw a miracle. Heidi Baker got prophesied in Toronto. You're going to see the dead raised, the blind will see, revival will break out. And she went back to Mozambique and prayed and prayed and prayed and nothing happened for months. It's okay when nothing happens. It won't happen forever. I'm going to keep talking. I can see it in your eyes. It's okay. You didn't do it wrong. You didn't pray wrong. You didn't not believe enough. 
You believed enough to try. You believed enough to step out. And then you let what didn't happen start to define your theology and your reality. So in the name of Jesus, I break discouragement. I break disappointment. Lord, that that wouldn't even be named among us. That there would be such a hunger and a confidence in who you are that regardless of circumstance, we keep leaning into impossible things. Because it really isn't about us, Jesus. And I thank you for that. I thank you that when they're healed, it's not because of me. When they're not healed, I don't need to carry that burden. I come back to you and I say, Jesus, I would like you to touch me again. So Lord, just increase your kingdom. Increase our yieldedness to you. This one is, and then I'm really done. I feel like we're going to start to have um, I'm going to hold on to that one and share it privately. Lord, I thank you for this morning. Just do continue to do whatever you want to do. I'm done. Thanks for listening. We hope you were impacted by this message. For more information about The Well Grand Rapids, please visit our website at www.thewellgr.com.